Well, it is so good to be together with all of you in the room and with all of you watching online. We're so grateful to share this moment together with you. If you are new with us, my name is Casey and I'm one of the pastors here and it's so good to have you with us. And as our guest today, whether you're in the room or you're online uh, with us, we have a gift for you for those of you that are new. So if you're in the room today, this is what I'd love for you to do after the service today. Will you go back to the green wall in the back of the room and there's a welcome table there. Uh, Talk to the host. They'd love to give you a gift for being with us today. If you're online, I encourage you to uh, click the link that they're, submit, they're putting on the chat right now, and it's a connect card, and we'd love to send you a gift um, for letting us know that you're new with us today. Hey, Westside, let's let everyone know that's uh, online and those that are new with us in the room how grateful we are to share this time with them. Will you do that? Yeah. Now, we are starting this series today called uh, God's Will, No Regrets. And uh, let's just get the cat out of the bag. We all have regrets. I mean, every one of us have regrets. Some regrets are from the things that we've done, like the time when I was, uh, I think, a sophomore or junior. I think it was a junior in high school. I was on the Bolivar High School golf team, and it was after a round. A friend of mine had broken his club. It was on the picnic table. Everybody was, else was um, doing the scores, and uh, I had that golf club, and I just began bending it back, and I had no light. As soon as I was beginning to think, this may not be the wise thing to do. This could br- break, and it broke. And then I became the only, still to this day, I think, recorded Bolivar High School golf injury as I had to go to the ER to get four stitches in my arm. (laughs) I regret doing that. I regret having that. We have regrets from the things that we've done. We have regrets from the things that we we didn't do. Like how many of you have a regret because you had an opportunity to buy Apple stock when it was cheaper and you didn't? Or you had the opportunity to buy Bitcoin when it was cheaper and you did it? And uh, we all have regrets. Have you remember that maybe that party or that, that event someone invited you to and you regret not going and you go, oh my goodness, who was there? <laughs> and uh, we all have regrets. I mean, so, and I'm making light of some of these fun ones. Um, some of the regrets we have are from the things that we say or that we didn't say. We, we have regret. I actually have a regret from last week. I regret telling you that Jesus was 40 minutes away from Bethany when actually he was a day away. I got my geography totally wrong. I regret not getting my geography in my mind correct at that moment. While it didn't change any part of the story or the point that was being made, I just regret saying that. But we all have regrets. Many of our regrets come from the things that we've done, the things that we've said, the things that we didn't do, and the things that we didn't say. And um, I know that we all have a list of regrets in our mind, but I want to ask you a question. I don't want you to think about your past during this question. I want you to think about your future. I want you to look ahead of your life. Um, What would your life look like? What would your future look like? If you had, from this moment on, from this moment right now on, what would your future look like if you had no regrets from the choices you've made? From this moment on, what would your life look like if you had no regrets five years from now as you look back in the rearview mirror of your life and and you look back on every decision you made, every day that you lived up till that point, from this moment till that point, and you go, I look back. What What would you feel like? in that moment. Now, for those of you with notes and you've got your notes in front of you, 
um, there, there's some space there. I want you to just begin to write down um, some, what you would feel like. Now, I'm not talking about uh, the possible regrets that you may face from the things that have happened to you. Like, man, I regret being there at that time. And, and it was from the choices of somebody else. And you had no control over that circumstance or over, those, uh, over there to say, I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about the regrets that we have from the choices that we make. I'm asking you, how would you feel to make choices that when you look back, you have no regret. Would you, does this bring you hope? Man, is this a, a hopeful feeling? Does this bring you, maybe there's a sense of satisfaction that you would feel? Uh, maybe, maybe there's a, a, a feeling of deep happiness or true deep joy that comes to just your thought and your mind. Now, for some of us, this may be very hard to look beyond your past. It may be hard for you to even project that far ahead because your past is right in front of you and, it, and the regrets that you have are there. There may be that night that you wish that you would have been able to go back and make a different choice or there may be a season of life that one choice led to a series of choices that you ultimately regret and you're dealing with the consequences still today. Now, when I look at the consequences in my life, and I look at the consequences from the regrets I have, if I'm honest with myself, I will recognize something, that I was the key decision maker in every one of my regrets. I was there. I, I, every purchase I regret, every um, word I regret, every action I regret, I was present, clear, and part of that, if not the major deciding ma decision maker in that. And in moments that cause regret in my life, and it is with your life too, we make a trade. See, moments of regret are caused by trading what is best for us for what we want right now. We trade what is best for us in the moment. We trade what's best for us in the future for what we want right there in that moment. Isn't that true with the purchase that you regret? <laughs> that maybe came with a higher interest rate? then you really wanted, but you wanted it right then and there. And you traded what was best for your future for what you wanted then and there. Is, um, isn't it true with the regret that you have from dating that guy or that girl? You know, you know now it wasn't the best for your future. In fact, there are voices in your life saying, are you sure you want to do this? Is, is this the right thing to do? And, and you had voices of people that trust, you loved and, and you knew they loved you. But in that moment, you traded the, the future and the, the, what you wanted in the future and what was the best for you in the future for what you wanted right then and now. Maybe that's what happened with the regret from that career move that you made. You, you traded the long-term success and the long-term pathway for the immediate, quick, and easy thing that you wanted then, then and there. See, we all need to recognize something. For most every one of us, we are where we are mostly because of the decisions we made. That you're here right here mostly because of all the decisions you made. That the friends that you chose to hang around, the, the, the career paths that you chose, the, the decisions you made, the, the, the things that you chose to buy have all led up to the things that, to this moment right here. And where each of us are now, where each of every one of us are now is largely the result of our own choices, and each of us are the products of our responses 
to other people's choices. We just need to recognize this, that we are that we control our own choices and we control our responses to the things that other people choose that have consequences on us. And we react and we respond to those. And that's our choice to respond in the way we do. And, and, and here's what I know. See, for those of us who have grandkids, who, for those, I don't have grandkids, by the way. I'm not, my kids are like 12, about ready to turn 12. But you, I, I talk to grandparents. This is what you want for your grandkids. For parents like me, this, I want my kids, uh, this is what I want for the kids in, in my life, that, that, that not just in the kids in my household, but for my baseball team that I get to coach. I mean, this is for, the, for those of you that have kids in your life that you love, you want them to understand this, that they are the culmination of the choices that they make. And they're the culmination of the reaction, like their response to the choices other people make that affect them. You want them to know this. Why? And if we really ask ourselves why, it's because most of the time it's we don't want them to have the same regrets we have. Or we don't want them to have the same regrets we know someone else would have had in the same situation. See, we want them to make those types of choices because we, we, we know um, we don't want them to face the same consequences that we faced because we were in a situation like that. See, how much of our parenting, if you thought about it, how much of your parenting is driven by you not wanting your kids to make the same mistakes that you made? How many times do you tell the story of that? Because, I mean, that's what your parents did with you. We tell our kids this, and, and, and we're trying to guide them. And we also, how, many time, how much of our time is spent guiding and, 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 and leading our kids to, to do things or choose differently so they experience what we never could experience? See, there are many things that I want as a parent, but more than anything, I don't want my kids to have regret. And more than anything, for them to not have regret, there is one thing I want to leave in them more than anything else. It's something that I just don't want for them. I want for my family. I want for me. I want for my marriage. I want for my wife to experience this. I want for you. I want for your kids. I want for the legacy that we leave behind. There to be a deep legacy that people can know this for themselves. The reason I want this for all of us is what the series big idea is all about. It's something that I've learned from following Jesus, specifically following Jesus over the last 25 years, pursuing God's will for my life over the last 25 years. And it's something that I want my kids to learn and trust. It's something that I want you to learn and trust. It's something that I want the next generation to learn and trust so their faith will stand out in a culture that is shutting God out. See, the series big idea is this is when you follow God's will, when you follow God's will, you will have no regrets. When you follow God's will, you will have no regrets. That when you, at five, 10 years from down down the road, when you're down the road, 10, 15 years down the road, 20, 25 years down the road, for those of you who are much younger, when you look down the road and you look in that rear view mirror of life, and when you look back on your life, on the choices that you made, that there is a way that you can live your life and you can look back and say, I have no regrets. Now, when I look back on my life and specifically look at the choices that I made where I chose my way and not God's way, I have regrets. But when I look back on my life and I identify the moments 
When I chose God's will over my way, I have no regrets. See, when we follow God's will, we will have no regrets. When you follow God's will, you will have no regrets. And now let me tell you what this doesn't mean. This doesn't mean that you will have a life without suffering. This doesn't mean that you will not suffer the consequences of other people's choices. This doesn't mean that you will have the dream life that you want in life. This doesn't mean that people won't make decisions or choices that hurt you. This doesn't mean you're going to be in control of your life. This doesn't mean you're going to be in control of your circumstances. It means that when you look back on your life, knowing that you pursued God's will for your life, even if it meant giving up your own way of life. You will have satisfaction. You will be fulfilled. There will be a deep contentment, a true happiness, and I believe a deep joy that you cannot buy. You cannot decide any other way. But we need to know something. See, we need to know this, that when you choose your way over God's will, it inevitably will lead to regret. Whenever you choose your way over God's will, it might not be something you regret immediately, but eventually when you choose your way over God's will, it will lead to something you regret. This is the trade that we make that leads to regret. We want our way instead of God's will because you know why? We think we know what is best for us. And when our ways are not in line with God's will. It leads somewhere. The end is brokenness or unfulfillment. This is why some of the regrets you have, nobody else suffered the consequences, but you are just not fulfilled. You, 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 you look back and, 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 and you wanted your way because your way is, man, I wanted to be happy and you thought making this decision would make you happy and you were not happy. Because that was your filter. You wanted your way. You wanted what would make you happy more than anything else. Because you wanted your way, you abandoned God's will, and you were left unfulfilled. You were left. And often, sometimes when we abandon our way, I mean, God's way, and we take on, pursue our, our way, that's what leads to our own brokenness. It leads to our own pain and the choices that we make and the consequences and the consequences that we've impacted others with. And let's be honest. I mean, after all, if we can't be honest with ourselves, with whom can you be honest? We're actually gonna talk about that in week three. So don't miss week three. Let's be honest. Most of your regrets don't just affect you. They affect those who are close to you, those with, that, that you love the most and that you were involved with. That's where most of our regrets, because there's a ripple effect on the choices we make. They don't just impact us, they influence other people. See, our regrets don't just bring brokenness into our lives. Our regrets can bring, bring brokenness into other people's lives. <laughs> we can't fool ourselves and think that our choices only impact us. Our choices often impact the lives of the ones we love the most or who love us the most. And if we're really honest with ourselves, that's where some of our biggest, deepest regrets are because they don't just impact us. They hurt our family. They hurt those who loved us the most. Now, the opposite of this is true. The opposite of that statement is true. See, when your way is submitted to God's will, <clears throat> you will experience wholeness 
you will experience fulfillment. When your way is submitted to God's will, you, you will, it, it leads to, to this healing, this, this ultimate satisfaction and this deep joy. But choosing your way over God's will, it will always lead to brokenness and, and or unfulfillment. And I want personally for me, I want to experience this wholeness. I want to experience this deep, complete healing that God has for me. And I want to experience this joy or this fulfillment. I want you to experience. I want my family to experience. I want your family to experience this. I want the people in our city to experience this. I want them to live a life that they can look back. You know, I have no regret. And there is a sense of wholeness. There's a sense of satisfaction but it only comes one way. See, to avoid regret, we need to be wise to God's will. This is the only way to avoid regret is we need to be wise to God's will. So I want us to look at the Apostle Paul, his letter to the church in Ephesus. We're gonna turn to Ephesians chapter five if you have your Bibles. This is an important passage. I encourage you to memorize this. I preach on this at least once a year. And I unashamedly, this is one of the passages that I will bring up every year because this is so important in guiding you and I in our life. And, and the, I love Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, because the, the Apostle Paul had a life of regrets. His list of regrets in his life, and I'm not going to get into them, but you, you can go look at them. I mean, it's clear in scripture, his list of regrets. His list of regrets will likely outweigh your list of regrets in the pain they caused other people. See, his list of regrets even included killing and murdering people who were followers of the way of Jesus. But his story doesn't stop there. See, God, through Jesus, Jesus pursued Paul and the gospel of Jesus was made known to Paul and Paul surrendered his way to God's will. He thought he was pursuing God's will, but it was ultimately his way. And when he surrendered to God's will, he began following Jesus Christ as savior and following his will as Lord. And then Paul experienced the power of the gospel of Jesus and God turned Paul's life around. And I believe he can do the same thing for you. That no matter what your past of regrets looks like, God can change your life and turn it around just like he did for Paul. And Paul would say that you and I need to wise up to God's will. And there's a, that, that, we need a, that we need to know what God's will is. And this is what he would say. In, in uh, Ephesians chapter five, he says, be very careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, this is the verse I said earlier, I wish you would memorize. And we're actually gonna look at this verse again in a couple of weeks because it's really gonna lead us into understanding God's will. I wanna really help you understand God's will for your life. But Paul says right here, be very careful. Be very careful. And, and if you have a different translation in your translation, it may say, um, watch how you walk. Be careful how you walk. 
And, and in this, um, watch your step is kind of like this idea, which is, hey, every day, every choice that you make, you need to be very careful. And, and I love using this illustration because it just makes, it just brings it into the, the, the best picture. Um, if you have a dog, you get this. Because if you go into your backyard where your dog is, you are very mindful of your steps. In fact, if you don't watch your step, where will you step? You get it, right? This is the actual idea that Paul is saying. You need to be very careful. Watch your step. Be very careful. Every choice you make, you need to be careful how you live your life. Be so careful how you do this. Don't be foolish. Don't be fooled. See, the days are evil. There's influences all around you that's leading you to make the unwise, not right choice, leading you to make choices that dishonor God, that honor you, that'll put, elevate your way above God's way. We need to be wise to the choices we make because the days are evil. And in this, what would it look like for you to make the most of every opportunity? What would it look like for you to make the most of every t- opportunity? To, to not be foolish, because that's what it means. Hey, you're not going to be a fool. You're going to make the most of every choice. You're going to make the most of every decision that every decision you make, you know, will impact your future. You know that every decision you make will impact something ahead of you. So don't be foolish. Recognize there, is, there, there are things that are out there trying to lie to me to distract me from what God's best is for me. And I need to even understand and recognize that even what I want and what I think is best for me is not what God may have what is best for me. So do not be foolish. See, wise people make wise, the wise choice with every opportunity they have. So how do we then wise up? Well, Paul would say, understand the Lord's will. Understand the Lord's will. And I love what this means in the Greek. It really, if you dive into this a little bit, it means to actually stand under the Lord's will, to submit to, to surrender to the Lord's will. It may not be that you intellectually understand it. Like it means like to, to understand it means like I'm surrendered to this. I may not understand in five years down the road what it means for me then, but this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna submit out of trust. I'm gonna surrender out of trust to this. See, understanding God's will keeps you looking up and looking ahead to pursue his plan and purpose for your life. This is what understanding the Lord's will does. Understanding God's will, because when you look up to God and you look ahead, you will discover your purpose. Because when you look to God, this is where your purpose is. Your purpose is in no other way connected to any other thing. Your purpose is found and discovered when you look to God. And when you look ahead, you will find direction for your life. See, what if you looked at every day? What if you took every day? And with those big decisions that you have in the day or those, those, those ones, now I'm not talking about, hey, should I eat pizza or salad today? I mean, you know what's wise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm talking about those, those other decisions that you have. And what if you said, how does this choice fit into God's plan? How does this choice fit into God's purpose for my life? What would, what would it look like when you, if you would just go day, just for the day? Like, like that moment when that person, for those of you that are dating, and that person invites you or you want to invite that person out for a date. How does, how does this person fit into God's plan and his purpose for my life? 
How, in the way that we're dating, is the way that we're dating fitting into God's plan and his purpose for my life? When you look up and look ahead, you'll be more careful than how you date. You'll be more careful in who you choose to date because now you're, you're wanting to bring God's plan and his purpose for your life into this. When you're looking for friends and, 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 and you're looking for a career, God, how does this fit into your plan? How does this fit into your purpose for my life? See, when we're choosing these things, we, and when we're facing a choice, the first question should not be what we naturally go to. Will this make me happy? Because that's what culture really persuades you to put you at the center of it all. To put me, like, what makes me happy? I need a first thing that, no, no, no. See, as Christ followers, we know something totally different. It's not about what I think is best for me. It's not about what I want. Because I've learned that when I pursue what I want at the cost of following his will, it leads to the regret. Because there are people around me when I made that decision or you made that decision, said, you better not do that. And you did it because it's the way you wanted. You thought it'll make me happy. And years down the road, you're just as miserable. You're just as unhappy as you were then. See, when we're facing the choice, don't ask, what do I want? What make me happy? Say, God, make me wise to your will. Instead, we need to first be wise to God's will. And over the last 17 years, there's been a prayer that I've been praying specifically. And I want to give it to you today. It's a prayer that comes directly from, from like, it, 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 I, I take it and I put it in my own way, but it comes from a scriptural principle Jesus even teaches, and, and, and it helps me be wise to God's will every day. And it's not because I pray it, but I believe that this is something that's powerful that guides us. I believe that if, as we pray this, and as you pray for God's will in your life, God will lead you and direct you. As you look up to him and look ahead, in every choice that you make, God will lead you. As you begin mindful every day that you want to honor him and you want to please him and you want to be in his will every day, it will lead you. And at the end of the day, it will, you will not have any regret. Now, full disclosure, let me just tell you something. God doesn't always give you a neon sign saying, this is the way, go ye in it. Like when you present to him, God, is it your will for me to go this direction, this direction, A, B, or C? And not always does he lead you in A, B, or C, but this is what I know he does. He will guide you and he will direct you as you make those decisions. And if you're wanting to be honoring to him, if you're living your life truly to please him, you will live without regret. See, it's only been on a few occasions that I've, I've heard God clearly speak to me this way where he told me, and actually we're gonna talk to you. I'm gonna share a couple of those stories next Sunday, some uh, that we've never shared as my wife and I've never shared with anybody out in a large setting. And I wanna share them with you because I wanna encourage you to do this. Cassie's gonna join me next week. So don't miss next week. See, while God only, has only spoken a couple times like this to me, I still pray this prayer every day because praying this way is a guiding factor in my daily life. It puts me in the posture that I'm, I'm, I'm open to God's leading and I'm ready there. I'm receptive to it. And see, every time I pursued God's will over my way, the times I've wanted to honor God and please him instead of fulfilling what I wanted in life, man, I have no regrets looking back. But the times I chose my way over God's will, I have regrets. 
And this is a bold prayer. And this is the reason it's a bold prayer, because of this, in order to discover God's purpose and God's will. Most often, I must abandon my way. I've learned this. That most often, in order to discover his purpose and will, that in order to discover God's purpose and will, most often I have to abandon my way because my way is often and often, it's often, more often than not, in conflict with God's way. Because when my way is driven by my selfish desires or my own happiness or my own selfish intent, it can create immediate conflict with God's will. And then what I do, I deceive myself and I conflate my will with God's will and I almost make it and talk myself into saying, no, this is what God wants for me. He wants me to be happy. <laughs> he wants me to be fulfilled in the way I want to be fulfilled. But that's not always true. And so praying this bold prayer keeps my desires in check and it keeps me seeing God's will first. And so praying this bold prayer Prayer will keep my eyes where it needs to be, looking up and looking ahead. So see, here's a serious big prayer that I want us to begin praying today. Father, I want your will more than I want my way. Show me your will for today. This is a prayer that I'm teaching my kids and I've been teaching my kids over the last year to pray. Father, I want your will more than I want my way. Show me your will today. This is a prayer, Father, I want your will more than I want my way, that I've been praying for many, many years. Father, will you show me your will for today? And as you show me your will, I surrender, I let go of, I submit to you my way. Not show me your will for my life, but show me your will for today. And this is the reason I, I, I put it that way, because if you pray for God to show you your will for your life, he's likely not going to show it to you. Maybe one or two of people out of thousands, he may do this. But I believe he was not going to show you often his will for your life five, 10 years down the road because either you're going to get too prideful or you're going to be so afraid. But if you put this in, God, show me your will for today. God will likely show you that. He'll guide you in that. Father, I want your will more than I want my way. Show me your will for the day. What would it look like to live every day praying this prayer as a guiding prayer? What would it look like? See, I, I believe something would happen. You would make better decisions in your day. I believe you would make decisions that honor and please God in those choices you make. I believe that at the accumulation of all those decisions, you will look back in the rear view of your life and as I can testify, and I know others can testify, you can look back and say, whenever I pursued God's will, I have no regrets. Because our God is a loving and caring Father who has a purpose and a design for your life and his plan for you is so much better than your plan for you. Now, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach him how to pray, this is what Jesus would say. He would say, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. And then he would say this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This was the prayer Jesus prayed. And he would not say this, this is a one-time prayer. This is when you pray, pray like this. This was an every day, my, th my thought is Jesus wanted this to be a daily prayer. 
I want your kingdom to come. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And often after we declare how great our God is because we want him to know how great he is because we think that now we, God, now that we've addressed you, you're here and here and we're here. Now here's our way. We hope it aligns with your will and will you align your will to our way? Instead of saying, God, we want your will even at the cost of abandoning our way. See, God's will is directly connected to his kingdom authority. And being in God's kingdom family, being a part of his family, in order for you to address him as father, it's an automatic address of who he is, a God who is in control of all things. And it means that in that right there, you addressing him as father, he is a father. And you're saying, I want your will more than I want my way today. And I want, I'm going to submit to your authority. I'm going to be a part of your kingdom. Because God's kingdom is about his rule and his authority. And being in God's kingdom means abandoning our way in order to pursue his will. So father, I want your will. More than I want my way. Show me your will for today. This prayer is inviting God and his will into every part of your life, into your daily life, trusting that he's a father who loves you and cares for you. And he wants to bring his rule and reign in your life today, just as it is in heaven. And he wants his kingdom to come in you and his kingdom life to come in you. And he wants to allow you, he wants you to be a a person on mission to bring his kingdom life in this world. See, God's will, praying this prayer is so important, praying for God's will is so important because God's will for you is more fulfilling and life-giving than your ways. The only way to experience this kingdom life that God has for you is to be under the authority of God, our King. It's the only way to experience the life that he has in the kingdom. And I think all of us believe this at some level because behind our biggest regret there was likely another choice that you knew that honored God. And that's maybe why you regret it, because you know that if you might have chosen the way that honored God, you might not have the consequences that you have today. See, this prayer is a prayer of protection, because his thoughts are not your thoughts and his ways are not your ways, as Isaiah 55 says. It's a prayer of protection. That you're saying, God, protect me in the choices that I make because I want your will more than I want my way. It's a prayer of direction. It's a prayer of direction because of this. When you are in God's will today, you will be in God's will tomorrow. How comforting is that? That, that you, you're so worried about the future, worry, be in God's will today. Because if you're in God's will today, you will be in God's will tomorrow. When you're in God's will today, you don't fear missing out and being in God's will tomorrow. Like, like this, is, this is the most important thing. This Show me your will for today. So how can we know and understand God's will? And I think this is the big question. And Paul addresses this to the church in Rome. He says, therefore, I urge you in chapter 12, verse one, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, God's will 
is to connect it to what God sees. And when you see as God sees, you will be able to do as God does. So how do we get there? Well, we need to see as he sees. We need to see ourselves in light of that. See, I must look uh, to the scripture to understand God's general will and be led by the Holy Spirit to discover his personal will. This series is gonna help you understand God's general will for your life because God has a general will for all of us and it's revealed to us in scripture and we can understand God's will for us. And as we discover this general, God's general will for our life, through the wisdom that scripture brings, the Holy Spirit will guide you into his personal and unique will for our life. Sometimes that's the will that we so long for and we want that, but you can't get there until you follow God's general will for your life. See, God wants you to know his love and mercy. And so to understand God's will, you need to see. And so we need to choose. I will see life through the view of God's love and mercy and his desire for me to be a part of his kingdom family. See, unless you see God's love and mercy that is shown to you through Jesus, you will never be able to have a view of God's will for your life until you understand that God wants you to be a part of his family, his kingdom family, that the best life for you is to be under his authority, to be under his rule and under his, in his family that's a part of his kingdom, receiving the life of the kingdom. You need to see that. And this means that we must daily surrender, like Paul said, a living sacrifice. So I will daily surrender my selfish ways that do not please and honor God. Surrender is a sacrifice. This is true worship. And when God sees your sacrifice, you sacrificing your way for his will, it is more pleasing to him than thousands of songs you could ever sing. So to understand God's will, I also, I will transform my thinking by embracing a Christ-centered worldview instead of a cultural worldview. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. See, Jesus and scripture become the primary guide to our beliefs and action, not the pattern of the world and the culture around us. And when we're actively transforming our thinking by turning to scripture, our mind is renewing. Now, a couple things I want you to know before I I release you today. See, God's will will never contradict his scriptural truth. You need to understand this. God's will will never contradict his scriptural truth. That's why it's important to be reading scriptures because scripture leads you and I into the wisdom to know God's will. And biblical truth will sometimes make God's will clear. It, it, it sometimes will make God's will clear. See, there are things in scripture that God speaks clearly and it's black and white in scripture. <laughs> but there are many things that aren't gonna be clear. And in those things that aren't clear, biblical truth always, always will lead you into the wisdom that you need to discern God's will. So will you begin to pray this prayer with me? And I wanna begin right now. Will you begin to pray? Maybe you need to look at your notes and and just, will you posture yourself right now? Let's end this service together, starting this today. And I challenge you to do this every day for the next month. Take a 30-day challenge with me. Let's pray this every day. And maybe you need to open your hands because in the posture, I like to open my hands because it's a way to say, God, I'm not gonna hold on or I'm not gonna control. I release it. Maybe you need to do that right now with me. And will you close your eyes and just repeat after me? Say, Father, Father, 
I want your will more than I want my way. Show me your will for today. Say it again, Father, I want your will more than I want my way. Show me your will for today. Father, we trust you that you do want the best for us, that you guide us and you lead us into what's best for us. Now give us the wisdom to see what we need to do with this. Give us the ability and the courage that we need to choose your will over our way. And Father, may it lead us to the life that you have for us so we can be a people that looks back and says, there are no regrets in following your will. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our prayer partners are available. They'd love to pray with you.